is up, my fellow HHN Obsessies, and welcome to the HHN Obsession Podcast, where we talk about all things HHN and obsess together over this amazing event. Future JJ here. Um, when we first recorded this episode, we actually recorded it with all the food reviews. But while I was editing it together, I decided to separate the food from all of our rankings of the scare zones and houses. So if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to the food review episode. We talk about all the great and not so great foods of HHN 31. So uh, please go back and check that out. But as for this episode, um, we start off by talking about all the shows and scare zones and then uh, go to all the houses. We go in depth about our uh, initial thoughts of all the houses. And then um, at the end of the episode, we rank them. If uh, if you're kind of just jumping into this episode and don't know, uh, James didn't get to attend HHN 31, unfortunately. So uh, you won't be hearing any rankings from him. But uh, we decided to still have him on so he can kind of uh, listen to a report of HHN 31 and hear about the event and what he unfortunately missed. So although this is technically the very first official season finale of our podcast, we are going to be recording very, very soon. So there will be episodes coming right after this for our second season. So don't worry. Uh, we are kind of running a little late on uh, on this season finale because of our uh, busy schedules. But we are going to get right into season two. And uh, we hope it's going to be better than our first. We're still learning as we go. So without further ado, here is the HHN 31 review and rankings. Next up, we're going to talk about the shows at HHN 31. So unfortunately, we only had the opportunity to see one of the shows this year. Um, we, we showed up to the event the final week of HHN 31, unfortunately, a few weeks before. A hurricane came through Florida and it destroyed or damaged the fountain show, uh, Ghoulish, a Halloween tale. So Universal kept saying or kept tweeting out that they were working on fixing it and they were going to reopen it. But um, I guess they weren't able to reopen it in time. So we never got to see Ghoulish, the Lagoon show, unfortunately. But uh, we do plan to check it out on YouTube. I'm sure there's a ton of good quality videos that we could check out. But unfortunately, we missed Ghoulish, so we can't really um, we can't really rate it or talk about it. But uh, the other show we did see twice. It was Halloween Nightmare Fuel Wildfire. To me, it was basically the same show as last year. Th- there was new things. There was new things that they were doing, but the story was the same. It was a guy. Uh, having a uh, sexual dream, basically. Um, it starts with him going going to bed, and we get taken into his nightmare, and that's where all the demons and ghouls come out and start dancing, all wilding out. But uh, it, 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 it's a good show. It, it's a great show. It just was the same as last year to me. I mean, again, there was differences, but it was pretty much the same to me. Um, I, I really hope they don't do it again. I hope they come back and do something different next year, but the show itself is good. I just wanted something. 
but it was another uh, dream of a guy figuring out his sexuality. Yeah, but it it was almost the same dream to me. It was just changed up well, a little bit in certain certain aspects. Poor guy is still yeah. figuring it out. There were these fire girls that weren't able to be there last year because they're from the UK and they couldn't fly out last year because of the pandemic. So they were able to come this year. But last year they had to change up the show because they weren't able to make it. I think this year was the show that was supposed to be last year. Basically, they just added in the the fire girls. Um, I think maybe people Hmm. can correct us on social media, but I didn't see too many differences with it. Again, fun show. I think there needs to be some change next year. If they need to do another version of Halloween Nightmare Fuel, fine. But I hope they change up the story at least. So You literally said everything I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. It was a show. It was, it was nice to get off my feet for 20-ish minutes. It was a good, uh, good show to watch for a break. but Bit of a rehash. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh that's the shows. Uh scare zones. Scare zones were a big deal this year because um last year it was very socially distant for me at least and this year was back to normal. And this is also the first year that uh the daytime parade is is now gone uh for now at least. There's no more daytime parade. So because of that they were able to build up the sets of the scare zones a little more this year to where they could just stay there. They didn't have to bring them out every night. So it, it really helped the scare zones this year. Um, we didn't really rank the scare zones just because most of them were, were really, really good. Um, we also didn't really get to spend too much time in the scare zones, but from what we did see, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. So the, the first one is, the horrors of Halloween. And uh, that's the first one that you see as you walk into the park, uh, right in between the old Shrek building and despicable me. So uh, as soon as you walk into the park, you see the pumpkin Lord in all his glory. And he was by far the best part of the zone. It was cool to have the pumpkin Lord out on the streets and interacting with people. They kind of changed the character a little bit though. I feel like they made him more goofy I mean, he was burping and farting oh. uh, in the scare zone. I mean, he would burp in the house. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But farting is another level to take it. Yeah. And I really wish that for characters like that, they actually had a, a, a live mic for, for the actor. That way he can really interact with the crowd. But they just They just have those those recorded triggers and they say the same thing all all night long, but it was still cool. There was a lot of, a lot of pumpkin King worshipers all night, you know, all hell the pumpkin Lord. And that was always fun. As far as the zones go, I think this would have been the weakest if we would have ranked it. Uh, this is just that same zone that they have every year, basically where there's, it's like a preview of, uh, of all the other zones. So they had a, they had a bunch of other characters from each zone in there. Um, this is also where they put all the pumpkins this year. They basically built this truss and put all the pumpkins on it. I feel like they were more dimly lit this year than normal. I feel like they should have been lit up a little more. Um, Lil Boo was on that truss, dead center in the middle, way high up where nobody could 
get to him. But he was there watching over everybody. Watching all the best scares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you go down the street to New York, and that is Sweet Revenge. Uh, this was really fun. 50s-themed scare zone where the kids eat some bad candy and go crazy and start killing all the adults. Um, this was definitely the most fun scare zone to be in. And we actually closed out the event in this scare zone, but yeah, all the characters were so interactive. They would actually, you know, have a conversation with you. And, uh, and it was actually really entertaining, uh, watching the kids attack these adults and, and all that stuff. But I just love the vibe in there. It was very, very Halloween, you know? I think it wasn't until the last day we were there, I actually got a good look at all the props and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was just so blown away with all the detail and um, it, everything that it, they had out. It almost felt like you were in a small town Halloween festival in there. It didn't feel like we were in a theme park. They actually did a really good job with uh, kind of creating all the sets they had these huge parade floats in the middle of the zone that uh, that just made it made it really feel like a big Halloween festival and parade that went wrong. But then you go further down the road to uh, the Fast and Furious exit in San Francisco. Around that area, that is the Conjure the Dark scare zone. This was basically witches, kind of witches and demons. Demons or goblins or something. I called it the heavy metal zone just because it had a lot of heavy metal music and uh, it was cool. They had a little stage show. They had a uh, evil Daphne looking character on that stage. Definitely looked and dressed like Daphne. <laughs> like purple robe and orange hair. Out of all the zones, I think this had the best makeup. Best looking characters, best costumes, best makeup effects, all that stuff. It, it all looked really, really nice. Uh, the the demons and goblins looked really cool. Really fun zone. Then you hop around the park and go to Central Park, where all the trees are. Usually where all the pumpkins are in the trees. This year was uh, Scarecrow, Cursed Soil. Uh, this scare zone was very, very dark. So uh, they purposely made this scare zone dark. They put an extreme amount of fog to where you couldn't see anything. Uh, this was definitely the zone I got the most scares out of. Uh, they had a lot of good uh, boo holes for the scare actors to come out of and get you. It was a good zone. I love the house from 27 uh, and just seeing another scares, uh, scarecrow related thing at HHN was really, really fun. However, this is the place where they brought back corn, and uh, that's probably why a hurricane came back and hit Florida again. It was fake corn this time, but the fake corn still didn't work. Uh, in this scare zone, I actually got scared from just a sound effect, not even a scare actor. It was just a sound that scared me. It was, it was a really, it was a great zone. I had fun in it. And then the final zone is in Hollywood. That is Graveyard Deadly Unrest. I was expecting this zone to just be zombies or plain old ghosts or something. I think they did a great job with this zone, creating some unique characters. 
there I mean there was like undead people, there was ghosts, but there was also some unique very unique characters that I didn't, I did not expect to see in here. And I thought this was a fun time. Um again, we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in these zones, but what we saw they were really really over the top. They were um a lot better from previous years. So, any thoughts on that one? There was a female scare actor that would stand on like a like a pedestal kind of and she would act like a statue and scare the crap out of people. She looked like a statue. Yeah. Like like a like a like, angel like, statue. Like one you would see in a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the two uh demons or something on the stage. Yeah, I think one was death and one was something else. Uh, sleep. Yeah. Death and sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually got to watch them open their wings, and I loved it. It was so cool. However they made that costume, great work. Whoever whoever did that, amazing. Like the way you could you couldn't even tell that character was gonna have wings, and suddenly these big wings pop out from behind them. It was cool. Amazing. Nice. <clears throat> Um, and then there's the unofficial scare zone, uh, the roaming hordes, the roaming chainsaw horde. Usually they're only in Springfield where, um, um, or the, the Simpsons area basically. Um, so this year they were in the Simpsons area sometimes, but this was an actual roaming horde where they were just all over the park. You never knew where you were going to run into them. So that was kind of cool. And they used to do that back in the day, but they kind of brought that back. I think it's because Disney now owns the Simpsons. So I think there's kind of a oh, a thing going on where maybe they can't fully do huh. a scare zone in there anymore. Kind of doing it. You know, pieces. Yeah, I don't know. Because ever since Disney bought um, Fox. Fox, they haven't had, you know, the, the official chainsaw horde in there. All right. That uh, that concludes the scare zones. Uh, now to the main event. What everybody wants to hear. The houses were were amazing this year. Were they the best since we've been going? I probably prefer twenty seven and twenty eight over thirty one, but they're definitely better to me. Uh, they're better than thirty, just because thirty had all those precautions. I think those houses could have been great if it weren't for those precautions, but um, I think 31 is definitely better than 30. Um, but overall, it was a really good year. Was it amazing? Maybe not amazing, but uh, definitely a, a great year. Um, I think we should go around the park, talk about each house, what we thought about each house, and then at the end, we rank them. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So right. I I think... You're going to be surprised by some of these reactions, James. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. So uh, we are going to start at the front of the park. As soon as you walk in, you'll see the Universal Studios store on the left side. Pumpkin Lord will be right there. Uh, So in between the Universal Studios store and Despicable Me was an entrance to a house, and that was Hellblock Horror. Uh, this was the house that supposedly they only had about a month or so to build. 
this was the house that supposedly replaced Evil Dead Rise. So for a last minute addition, I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was a prison with monsters in it. It was also very nostalgic mm-hmm. because they were creatures from previous years. Yeah, they had all different kinds of creatures from previous years breaking out of jail cells. I, I do think that this house was very loud. There was all these noises just going off. And uh, it just felt like you were in a chaotic environment. Um, Which technically it should be for monsters breaking out of prison. But surprisingly, not all houses were like that, though. We'll talk about that. But um, for Universal having to come up with this idea last minute, I think it was fine. Um, it, uh, it was a good house. There was... Um, couple of monsters i recognized was uh the alien from the invasion scare zone back in 27 from the first year we went i did notice there was a yeti in a jail cell which we didn't get to see um it was in 29 but there was definitely a yeti in there and i think the hive vampires were in there at the end i think those were from the hive and i think they had like glow in the dark stuff on them right yeah yeah. yeah, that was them. Good house. I enjoyed it. Now, if you go down the street, a little past the horrors of Halloween scare zone, uh, there is another house entrance on the left, the one that you kind of walk through the big... Um, grass area. The grassy area. This was Spirits of the Coven. I had this... I think we we all had this pretty high on our hype list. It was number one. On my hype list. It was number one for you. I had it at number three. This house, I don't know how else to say it. It was it was disappointing. The first <laughs> half, I loved. Yeah. The second half was just felt so empty. Very disappointing. Yeah, and, and, the, and the scare actors were giving it their all. Everybody knows that. Uh, they, they were doing what they could, but there was just something off about this house. And the idea seems so cool. Like these witches in the 1920s at a speakeasy, they're, they're brewing blood from, from uh, all the men that come into this speakeasy. It, it seemed like a really cool idea on paper, but I feel like the execution wasn't good. The first part of the house started good. The facade was really awesome, really well done. And as you go into the speakeasy was cool, seeing all the witches like in their normal human form. Trancing you and trying to get you to them. Yeah, uh, that, that was kind of cool. But even then, it seemed very quiet. And that's why I talked about Hellblock Horror being loud and chaotic, because this house seemed very quiet and not very loud or scary or anything like that but after the speakeasy you kind of go down into um some tunnels underground and that is a real thing i mean um a lot of speakeasies were underground in caves and stuff like that so they they kind of had that accurate but 
as you went down into these caves, I feel like we saw less and less scare actors, and there was a whole lot of nothing happening. Um, there was a couple of cool things down in, down in that area. Like there was this guy that was like shoving. Uh, he no. There he was, was trying to get a bottle out of the pig. So what 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 they would do was they would hide alcohol in in pig corpses, and this dude was like literally like pulling out bottles out of this dead pig carcass and then uh, like yelling at you and getting right in your face with a broken bottle <laughs> and uh that was cool but yeah the house as the house kept going the the witches kind of got more and more i don't know classic witch-like warts and all you know <laughs> yeah this this house uh i don't know what happened with it but uh, again it it's it's not the performer's fault because they were just trying, they were just doing their roles. I think it was just the execution of, of the house. And it wasn't terrible. I still enjoyed going through this house. Um, I wanted to do it every night. It just wasn't what it should have been. I think. Yeah. It's almost like Halloween ends the movie. (laughs) It's like, I'm a huge Halloween fan, but that movie was not what I expected it to be. And it just, flopped it flopped but it was still good for what it was i guess it just wasn't what we wanted i don't know i don't know if that makes sense so that's spirits of the coven so without the the plexiglass whatever Mm -hmm. like i I remember you mentioning that affects even the layout right like well it affects the scares that's another thing we didn't mention was these scare actors this year were like getting in your face again. Like the, there was, there was some times with like, they would jump and be right in my face. <laughs> and it was nice. great to have that back versus them just kind of hands Over on there. the, pl- hands on the plexiglass <laughs> trying to scare you. Nice. So, so yeah, I, I, I truly think that that is the main reason why you uh, didn't really enjoy last year very much. It just the the precautions yeah, a, really affected it. Definitely a factor. All right. So next up we have Halloween. <laughs> oh man. You can never go wrong with Michael Myers at the event. I truly will never understand how people get tired of it at the event. There's so many people complaining that they've been there, done that. This house was so fun. So good. The sets were incredible. It felt like you were walking through the movie. And man, we had so many good runs of this of this haunted house. <laughs> there was this run where we had this 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 woman in front of us that was losing her shit. throughout this house every time michael popped up she was screaming bloody murder and it made the run so much fun (laughs) so the very end of this house the last room uh it's just a random room with mirrors and a bunch of michaels like there's statue michaels and a few of them or a couple of them are real right (laughs) so the moment this woman peeks behind the curtain, goes through the curtain and sees that there's multiple Michaels in there. 
she loses her mind. Like she's like, no, like she just starts screaming. No, 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 no. And like, she does not want to go in and like her, her significant other uh, just kind of has to shove her in there. And she just bolts through the room. I don't even think any of the Michael scare actors got to get her. She just ran out of this room. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing in the world. Uh, it made it so much fun. So halfway through our visit to Universal, my uh, mom and her boyfriend actually got to join us for Horror Nights. So um, when they uh, when they actually got to experience this house with us, this was their favorite house. And they were terrified throughout the whole <laughs> the whole thing. They kept screaming and jumping in this house. Um, I, I again, I just do not understand how people are putting this house so low on their list. Um, and I think most of their excuse is that they've done it before, that it's been there before. And but it is such a great house. Uh, there there were certain things that were really fun too, like um, you know the uh, the end scene of the movie where Jamie Lee Curtis is in the closet and Michael kind of busts through the closet. Yes. She like pokes it at the hanger. Like that's an iconic scene. You get to walk through the closet in the haunted house. And it's cool. cool. And it's cool because remember, remember how I mentioned how some of the SIF is incorporated into the story. Well, this was the clothes hanging in the closet. So you had to like, (laughs) like move, uh, move the clothes out of the way to walk to walk through it awesome so one side of the closet would be jamie lee curtis's character Lori. she would pop out first as a as a distraction and then as soon as you see her michael comes out from the other side and scares the hell out of you and i thought, <laughs> I thought it was a great great scare and a really good part of the house so does she have the hanger she did i think she did nice yeah yeah um my favorite part was seeing the front of the house and then seeing Michael in in the window. The window. Yeah, there was a, a static figure watching watching <laughs> everybody from the window. So yeah, it, everyone was expecting that house facade to be first in the house. Like that was that should have been how it started. But the house actually had a cold open where you just walk in and you're in it. it and it, it's actually the cold open of the movie. So you walk in and it's the scene where um, it's young Michael about to kill his sister. So that's what you walk into. And then after that, you see the uh, logo and the music start. So it's like you're in the movie. You It starts with the opening scene and then you go into the opening credits. And then after the opening credits, you, uh, you see the house. And that was really well done in my opinion. Did you see when you get to see the opening logo? Mm-hmm. Did you see the Michael on the side that was slowly getting closer? Oh, yeah. So there was a it was a black hallway with a screen in front of you, basically, that was showing the Halloween logo. So the black hallway, the right side, the right wall was a false wall, I guess. It was like more of a screen to where when the light came on, when the scare actor would push their trigger, you would see the wall light up and you could see Michael coming towards you. Like the actual scare actor was behind the wall, but you could see through the wall, if that made sense. If that makes sense. Yeah, I um, guess so. Like a screen or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
what whenever you walk in um you walk into that big area and you see the the house um you you end up going around the side of the house uh going through the laundry the sheets yeah. so there is a scene of the movie where michael's kind of standing in the sheets uh hanging out to dry outside so you're walking through the sheets again more sif where you have to like push it aside and go through mm -hmm. the sheets that are hanging it seems like you keep going straight through the sheets, but then suddenly Michael appears from behind the sheet and again, scares the heck out of you. Another great <laughs> scare. And he ends up pushing you through uh, an opening to the left. So you Did you ever catch the Michael that came out of the window going through the sheets? Yes. I remember that. So it was a double scare, right? Yeah. yeah so one Michael would be coming towards you through the sheets. And another one popped out beside you. I think I only had that once happen. But again, man, I could say so many good things about this house. It, it was, it was good. Uh, James, I think you had this at number one on your hype, right? I think so. Yeah, Halloween definitely because I mean Halloween. Uh, yeah, thirty-one. It's, it's just Halloween. Fitting. Everything it works. I'm really get, glad we got to experience this house. Lots of fun, and you'll find out where we ranked it uh, at the end of the episode. Next All right. House is fiesta de chupacabras oh this house so um i enjoyed it it was it was interesting because all the um all the scare actor triggers were all in spanish so i, I personally don't know very much spanish so i didn't really understand what they were saying but it was cool that they actually went with that and kept it what's the word genuine i guess so authentic maybe authentic yeah that's that's the word authentic um, so this house is about, uh, uh, basically this, this village that, uh, it's about this village that does this big fiesta, uh, that draws tourists in and they basically do it to bring the tourists in to sacrifice them to the chupacabra. So the chupacabra doesn't, you know, attack the locals. So a very, uh, very cool idea of a house and mostly, I think uh, they uh, they hit they hit it right on all the notes. Um, it was mostly a lot of the village, the villagers as the scare actors with the uh, kind of Mexican style masks. And at the very beginning of the house, you get to meet the mask maker. That's uh, the first character you see. She's the one that creates all the masks, and I might be the mastermind behind it. As far as the chupacabra, the uh, the chupacabra goes, though, uh, it was a little weird and unexpected hmm. they were puppets just like uh i suspected they would be or i expected them to be the chupacabra didn't really look as i imagined it to be and of course there's no real chupacabra so there's no real description of it uh this chupacabra looked more like a cat kitty like a kitty <laughs> yeah more of like a saber-toothed tiger kind of oh. That has rabies. A saber-toothed tiger that has rabies and is rotting. Face is rotting a little bit. Mm -hmm. Zombie chupacabra? Zombie saber-toothed chupacabra. All right. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, it, it didn't really take away from anything. It was just unexpected to see the chupacabra like that, I guess. Those goats don't stand a chance. <laughs> there was a dead goat hanging in there. At least they did that. Only one. <laughs> yeah, there was one. 
there was a huh. cool um there was a cool effect they had in that house where there was a um a dead body and then suddenly you uh hear the chupacabra roar and then the body gets slid away and you awesome. can hear the chupacabra like uh eating eating him up I thought that was a cool cool little thing also the fireworks oh yes the firework effect was awesome so as soon as you go into the house, there's fireworks going off, and those were just done by lights, which were still cool. But uh, a certain room you go into, which is not, a, I guess you shouldn't call it a room because you're basically walking through this um, yeah. Mexican village. And it really feels like you're walking through a village. It feels uh, open-aired, like you're outside, but it's all this uh, little little village buildings. So you walk into this courtyard in between these buildings, and of course, this is a big fiesta. So there's little um, fireworks, kind of like uh, black cats hanging okay. off, hanging off uh, some balconies. They basically, what it looked like to me when I looked up closely was they put Christmas lights behind these black cat fireworks, and then they added the fog effect. So they basically had these Christmas lights flashing behind it, and it looked real from afar they had the sound effect the fog and then the lights flashing and it looked really cool it looked like <laughs> black cats were going off so they did that very very well it was a, it was a fun house yeah that's that's what i have to say about that one anything else from you nothing to add all righty awesome. we're going to the fifth house which is the last soundstage house uh and this is dead man's pier winter's wake this was number one on my hype list. Man. Number three on mine. Gosh, this house. Wow. Is my word. This, the only, this, that's the word I have to explain the house. Wow. The sets were just so grand. It was pretty. It was a pretty house. James, think, think like like I said before, Dead Waters um, from mm -hmm. 27, where is the big, like, sunken boat from Louisiana in, in the swamp. Uh, but this was more of a fisherman village um, in New England. And it was taking place during winter. So this house was cold, and it was raining in this house. <laughs> like, they made it feel like you were at a fishing village in the wintertime. Uh, it was windy. It was windy throughout the whole house. And in the wind, it was more like a mist. It wasn't real like actual rain where you're getting soaked. But in in the wind was like a mist. It just felt like you were um, close to the ocean. It's it, it even smelt salty in there. Yeah. It smelt cool. like salt, salt water in there. Very. I mean, not only were the sets so amazing, the... the the, the detail was so incredible. It, it made you feel like you were in that environment. It was unbelievable. And like, as soon as you enter this house, you see this, this big lighthouse and, and the light is actually spinning, right? You can see this lighthouse throughout the entire haunted house. So it makes it look like you're just walking through the actual fishing village because you can always see the lighthouse. Uh, another great part that I loved was you're walking through the house and you see this, um, I guess I would call her like a, a, a siren where she, she's playing a violin and you can hear this violin throughout the whole house. The house had a very sad vibe to it. 
and you could hear the violin through the house and you finally see this this lady playing the violin above you and uh then she suddenly like peeks over the bow of this ship and and kind of screams at you but then later on you see her again but in a much grander scale it's the same scare actor that you saw earlier but you walk in and it's this huge room where it's this um kind of sunken ship or, or or this old ship where she's on top of she's at the bow of the ship playing the violin so she's way in the distance and you see her just playing the violin so it's like this grand scale of a room and uh you see her playing and she leans over and screams where you saw her before but um you get to see the entire set this time very atmospheric yes yes definitely and then after that you go into this scene uh, where uh, they made it look like you're actually underwater in a sunken ship, I believe. Um, so, so supposedly everyone that goes through this house dies because you end up drowning and you see um, that you're underwater in the ship. This was kind of the weirdest. This is actually the only negative thing I have to say about this house um, was this is like probably the least, the worst way they used a bungee for a scare actor. So they had this fisherman, this rotting fisherman character on a bungee, just kind of like bobbing back and forth throughout the room. He was supposed to be like floating in the water, you know, cause you're underwater in that scene. It just looked kind of silly. Like he was trying to make it look believable. Like he was floating in water. It kind of didn't work. But, uh, <laughs> besides that, the house top notch. I, I couldn't believe some of those sets and some of the things we were seeing in that house. And I hope they continue to do stuff like that. It was incredible. I, I wish you were able to see it, James. Yeah. You had to be there kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I called that underwater scene though. I called it. Oh dude, you did no crap. No crap. You did mention. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They, they took us underwater. Sweet. Yeah. Too bad it didn't play out to uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty. Um, so the uh, the next house is the Horrors of Blumhouse. And some people refer to it as Horrors of Blumhouse Volume 3. It's the third time they've done this. Um, this is in a new location, the Fast and Furious Q area. I thought it was a great new location. I thought it worked well. Uh, when you wait in line, it's kind of weird because you're you're actually waiting in the same queue line as Fast and Furious, so you're seeing all the the cars, all the cars and stuff, <laughs> the toolboxes, smelling like it smells like you're in a garage. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're currently waiting in the Fast and Furious line for a haunted house, but um, but it was fine. So uh, this haunted house consisted of Freaky and the Black Phone. And what was really cool is they split the two movies up. And it almost felt like two different houses, which I thought was amazing. So the first part of the house is actually in the Fast and Furious building. And then um, after you get out of Freaky, you think it's over. And you walk out, turn a corner, and there's a tent waiting for you with a big facade that says the black phone. And it's the same tent that used to be over there by men in black. 
So it really is like two houses in one. So technically there was 11 houses, but um, this is kind of just a, a two in one type of deal. I really enjoyed this house. I was expecting it to not be good because we've had some bad experiences with Blumhouse in the past. The previous one in 28 wasn't that good with Happy Death Day and The Purge. I I did like the first volume with uh, Sinister, Insidious, and The Purge. Even then, those two houses were pretty much at the bottom of my list both of those years. This house is the best Blumhouse they've had so far which was very surprising. A lot of people didn't like the freaky section. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, It wasn't the greatest, but I liked it. I did not like this, that part of the house. You didn't like freaky? No. I mean, there were a couple of cool things that they did, like with the locker. Uh, Yes. So I got one of the biggest scares of the event from freaky. So you turn a corner and you're in a... um, you're supposed to be in a hallway of a school with all the lockers or, or something like that. So it's your typical two row uh, of lockers, right? So I'm walking past the lockers and suddenly the locker opens like a door and somebody jumps out. The chick jumps out and scares the hell out of me. I was not sure. expecting there to be an opening. They, they camouflaged that door so well. It was basically two lockers on the top and two lockers on the bottom were, were a full on door that opened up and she would pop out and just scare you. Great, great jump scare. And the only other scare or effect that I liked was the mascot scene where you'd see the mascot, it would flash and it would be him. Yeah. And then he jumped out at you. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. There was kind of a static figure of the dead mascot and it would flash. It would flash as the killer and the mascot. It would go, like, go back and forth, and you're like, oh, that's a cool effect. And then suddenly, the guy pops out, like a real scare actor pops out in front of that. And, and gets you. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was a, a, a good tactic there. I also didn't like this house because I just felt like it was so The freaky portion. Rushed. Yes, okay. the freaky portion. It was so rushed. I feel like they could have done a little bit more. Okay, that's fair. I again, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was a good, a good first part of the house. It was a lot shorter than the second half, but um, I always liked going through there. So it was probably the third or fourth time we went through this house. It was the first time my mom and her boyfriend got to go through it. We were, we had just got out of Freaky, and we were literally steps away from walking into the black phone, and a fire alarm went off, and all the lights came on, and they, and they literally. ushered us out they ushered us out through a back way we even ran into some scare actors that were just kind of sitting around hanging out (laughs) (laughs) and uh we came out a back way and they just escorted us out and we couldn't finish the black phone that time so but when they did get to go through it it was hilarious oh yeah they were screaming bloody murder in the black phone section (laughs) uh the black phone was definitely the better part of this house which is surprising. I thought it was just going to be too repetitive because most of that movie takes place in the basement. They they did it perfectly. The way they did this house was perfect. Uh it was it was scary. I thought it was I thought it was kind of terrifying. Probably one of the scarier houses this year was the black phone section. And again, it's it, it's in a full tent. Like the black phone section was in a full-on tent 
it was almost like its own house. Yeah, there was there was certain certain scares that that got me all the time. But uh, yeah, the the Ethan Hawke character, I think his name is the Grabber. He had a lot of good uh, scares, a lot of good uh, places that he would pop out of. Like the first room you walk into, mm-hmm. you see the van and you see the black balloons <laughs> yeah. pop like hanging out of the the van. And then all of a sudden the grabber is right there. And then and then you walk into the big basement room when you see the kid in a corner and the and the phone starts to ring and he walks around the mattress and starts to go to the phone and you're you're paying attention to him and out of nowhere there comes the grabber scaring you from the other side. Again, there's that <laughs> tactic where they they get you, they make you look at something else and they get you from the other side. Works every time. Classic misdirection. The only, part that, the only thing that didn't make sense was the ending after the kid killed the grabber hey, why that, did the grabber pop out well, after just for one final scare you're not expecting him to appear again in the house just because he's dead so they get you again what i wish they would have done is that kitchen scene i wish there was a real scare actor. <laughs> that's exactly what I, was, what I was about to say so the final night of the final set like the final set of the night, it's the scare actor set. They took away the dummy that was sitting in that <laughs> kitchen scene. So in the kitchen scene, it's supposed to be him sleeping. Because in the movie, there's a scene where he sleeps and the kid tries to escape while he's sleeping. And you hear him snoring. Yeah. So you go through the kitchen in the house and there's the grabber sitting in the chair and you hear him snoring. And it's just a static figure. It's just a dummy. But on the very last night, I saw on Twitter that apparently they put a real actor in there. and it. <laughs> It messed up people. It <laughs> the people that have been through that house multiple times. <laughs> I think it probably tore them apart. Because <laughs> can you imagine? Oh man, I'm gonna miss these houses. All right. Uh, next up, we're gonna go all the way around to the Fear Factor and the Men in Black area for bugs eaten alive. Oh yeah. So no, no. No, no, no. (laughs) So first of all, let's talk about this new entrance and walk that they made us do this year. God, I really hope they don't make us do this again. I hope this is not a permanent thing. I hope they hope people complain and they move it. But I doubt it. I hope I I think this is going to be a permanent new entrance. But James, I don't know if you remember, uh, usually to the right side of men in black, right there by the bathrooms of men in black, there was always two house entrances. Yep. And those, uh, those were the tents. Well, this year, those tents are still there, but not the entrances. One of the entrances is there still, but because it gets so congested in that corner right there, they wanted to try to move the entrance to the other house. So they put the entrance in between the fear factor stadium where the show goes on and men in black where the old house used to be. So they put the entrance there. So they literally made you walk from that point, walk all the way around the men in black building back around to those tents. The longest walk yet. Usually those two parade houses, parade building houses where Beetlejuice and um, Haunting of Hill House were last year. Those houses always have a long walk to get to. Um, this one I think is worse. It was not. It was not cool. <laughs> Hope it was worth it. Um, I think 
I think it was. Mandy doesn't like bugs. I don't like bugs either. I thought it was. I thought Bugs Eating Alive was a fun house. It uh, it definitely was creepy, crawly, yucky. They definitely use the Sith really well in this yep. house. I think everyone agrees that uh, this was the best use of Sith this year. Pretty early on in the house, you walk through a dark hallway where you cannot see anything and you feel a lot of creepy crawlies on you. There was a lot of like little thin strings hanging, of course, that felt like webs. There was um, kind of air cannons shooting at you. There was also, I guess they were kind of brushes. There was something brushing against you all the time where it felt like bugs were crawling on you. I don't know how they do it, but it felt like you were walking through a hallway full of bugs. And then you can hear the sounds of them. And it was, cool. um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we went through that house, there was people screaming bloody murder through that hallway, <laughs> including when my mom and her boyfriend went through. They were <laughs> freaking out in that hallway. It was a cool concept. It was another um, it was another 50s, another 50s themed house. It's a house uh, that takes place at a convention where uh, they're promoting this new bug repellent for your house. That's pine scented. But this bug repellent. Uh, ends up going wrong and it ends up making these bugs attack humans and grow inside you and you become the bugs. So it was, it was creepy and gross, but toward the end of the house, it got kind of funny too. kind of, it kind of got, it, it, it reminded me of like fifties cheesy monster movies. Cause like you walk into this room that's full of roaches and, and there's a giant human sized roach jumping out at you or um we would go into a room where there was uh you know worms everywhere and a giant grub that kind of like you know squirm at you nice stuff like that it was like uh that's fun there was this gross scare actor in the spider room where there was like he was right next to a giant spider and like he would pop out at you and go they're inside me and then, like, he had boils <laughs> all over. Oh, man. It's definitely an interesting house. I was about to cry. I was about to start crying before we went into this house because I have such a big phobia of spiders and, like, bugs crawling all over me. I walked out of the house and I was like, it wasn't that bad. I did it. So. I told you it wasn't going to be that bad. Like it's it's a haunted house. It can't like be like terrifying. That's another thing. Remember we talked about how the podcast was like amping up this house as like oh it's so scary. Even the people that are creating it are having a hard time walking through it. Come on, give me a break. The the, the freakiest scariest part was that dark hallway where you can't see anything and you feel things all over you. That was the scariest part. The rest of it was just kind of fun and funny to me. Um, Got to rely on that yeah. hype. <laughs> they just overhyped it. And I think some people were disappointed in it because they overhyped it. But um, I enjoyed the house. It had a lot of uh, a lot of great things, a lot of gross things, a lot of funny things. So good house. Next up is the tent right next door. And that is Descendants of Destruction. Uh, this house is a um, 
sort of sequel to Seeds of Extinction from 28. James, you'll remember that house as the uh, plant house. Yes. Uh, remember that, the plant apocalypse house? This mm-hmm. one was way different. It just apparently takes place in the same world. It's a bunch. Um, it's a, it's just like a, a post-apocalyptic setting in an old subway. Not the restaurant, like a New York subway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So there's these um, people that are dressed kind of Mad Max type of vibes going on. And the further you get into the house, the more they've evolved to the darkness. Because by the time you get to the end, you're in you're in some caves where they've become these underground creatures that like glow in the dark. Used a lot of black light in that part of the house. There was some effects in this house that were amazing. I mean, the fact that this was a tent, some of the sets in here were amazing. They put two different subway cars in here. Like, there was two times where we'd walk through, like, a subway car area, which is crazy for that size of of the building. But they actually did an effect. They used... um, they used a, a mirror trick where you're looking down the subway car and it looks like it keeps going like really far where it's awesome. like a whole One of them train full of, tricks. Yeah. So it looks like you're in an actual subway tunnel and the, and the train goes really far beyond what you Sweet. can see. So <laughs> they made it look like you were actually down there. So, I mean, just really cool tricks that they were using. Um, th- there was this one room um that had a uh smoky barbecue scent because one of the scare actors was cooking some meat on some grills down there i'm pretty sure it was human meat but they added that smell burning smoky maybe even like a flesh smell who knows and they used another distraction uh scare cuz you're looking at the guy that's trying to scare you with the meats and stuff. And then bam, mm-hmm. there's another character. This is a house that was just uh pretty cool. Lots of cool little things. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about. Not as much as the other ones, but I, I enjoyed it. It was a cool setting, cool scares. So, all right. So we are officially down to the last two. And those are in the parade buildings, the parade warehouses, the ones that uh, have historically had the longest walks to get to. So this is in the kid zone area is where the entrances usually are. Uh, We'll start with the weekend after hours nightmare. So I had this kind of low on my hype list, I I believe. This was number two on my hype list. This was number eight on my hype list, just because I I didn't really know what to expect. It's a music artist. Yeah, he he had some some, you know, music videos that dabbled in the horror genre, which I had never seen. So I didn't really know what to expect or if it would work. James, I think you had this at number 10 on your hype list. Yeah, it was was last. last. This house was so much fun. It was incredible. Completely unexpected. Awesome. It was, it was an absolute blast. It was a party in a house. It, it was a genuine party, <laughs> but it was extremely gory. 
it was gortastic. Gortastic <laughs> while you listened to the weekend's music. A lot of it was like slowed down and creepy. Sometimes it was just the normal song playing, and that even made it seem creepy. Er, I don't know. Um, hearing Savior Tears in that setting was actually kind of unsettling. But man, it was it was a surprise. It definitely was. Um, For you. Yeah, I guess you you had it high up. Number two. Number two. Yeah, but. Uh, the the queue of this house the the line was a party oh yeah they they set it up to where they had like um concert lights going all over the place and they had the the weekend's music cranking where like everybody's having a good time and singing along while you're waiting in line it was like a party atmosphere so well, you, good for you Mr. Weekends. In, I, I, yeah i mean throughout the other lines of these houses they were playing um weekend music videos sometimes so I actually got to see some of the music videos. I should have watched them before I went, but there's a, there's a music video uh, for In Your Eyes where a chick literally cuts off the weekend's head and is walking around everywhere with his head. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a music video, huh? Now I understand why he's here, why he's at the event. But that was in the house. I guess that idea was in the house. But um, you, you basically walk in and the first thing you hear is uh, uh, the I Die For You song, uh, but slowed down in a creepy, creepy way. And then you see a yeah. like a, a static figure of the weekend sitting in a chair and they're basically he has a helmet on and they're like basically sucking all this, all his ideas out. So you're basically seeing that you're going into the mind of the weekend as you walk into this <laughs> house. And then after that, you walk into the next room. And it's chaos from there on. Absolute chaos. Yeah, I mean, there was scare actors like just dancing and like, wasn't wasn't that the scene where like the scare actor like cuts the throat of the weekend? But I mean, there was scare actors all over the place in that first room, like coming out from everywhere. But so you don't see her cutting his throat. Mm -hmm. You see it on a screen with the axe, yeah. and you see her rip his head off. But well, in the next room, yeah. On stage, the weekend cuts someone else's throat. Oh, that's somebody else. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, there were so many fun things about this house. Uh, well, first off, you go through that uh, bathroom scene where there's like the surgeon chicks that are uh, are are they like doing something surgically with the weekend? That's that's no, him, right? I think that was a person, like a random yeah. chick. That was a freaky room. And then there's like, there's a scene where this random bus, like you open the curtain, walk through the next room and a giant bus comes like <laughs> right at you and like honks at you. And it's a great scare. And it's a scare I've never really seen before at the event. Um, but that was cool. That got me a few times. But there is this scene of the house where um, I think it's the blinding lights section. So you walk through all the mirrors where uh, he was walking through for that Super Bowl halftime show. I think after that, there's a stage where the weekend is standing on it, right? But this is where I believe he licked that frog in the music video. I forgot. I think that's the Blinding Lights music video. I don't know. Uh, sorry, I'm not too familiar with the weekend. Sorry, guys. But um, I do know in one of the music videos, he licks a frog and starts hallucinating. 
uh, and that's in this house because on the stage there's a weekend character and his face is like hilarious because he has this giant tongue sticking out. He's like this demon form of the weekend with a giant tongue sticking out. He's like dancing on the stage <laughs> in a very funny, like goofy, but also like uneasy way. way. Yeah. Made you feel uncomfortable. It, it was, it's just so much fun. So uh, this house ends with the hallucination that the weekend sees. Basically, uh, there's these giant frog monsters that are dressed as the weekend. Like they have the red suit on, but they're huge, tall frog monsters that I was not expecting to see because the first time we went through the house, uh, the spaces were empty. So we didn't, I knew there had to be something there. The second time around, we saw those things pop out and I was like, holy crap. Not expecting to see those giant towering frogs. So it, it, it gave me a good uh, a good jump for sure. <laughs> what gave you a good jump, Mandy, though, I believe it was the last time that we went through the house. It was the last night. And apparently we had not experienced this scare. For whatever reason, maybe the scare actor wasn't there or we just missed the scare every time. There was a frog monster in the ceiling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the ceiling of the house where it reached its long arm down right in front of you. Like, I missed it, but I heard you scream behind me and I looked and there was a giant frog monster in the ceiling with his long arm, like, dropped down in front of you. <laughs> and I was like, where did that come from? But um, maybe it was always there. We just never got it. But, man. I feel like a few times... Like in different houses, mm -hmm. there were scare actors above us, mm -hmm. and we never saw it. Maybe. That's what and I'm saying. And then it always got me. Like, you missed it, but it got me. Yeah. Yeah. This is why, guys, you have to do the houses more than once. Like, I, 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 I try to explain that to everybody. I try to explain that to my mom and her boyfriend, and I think I even told James the first time. You just have to experience the houses over and over again, because sometimes... You don't get all the scares. Sometimes the scares happen in front of you. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of scare actors missing. Either there's like a cast change or that day they're short staffed or something. It happens. It happens a lot. So you have to get multiple runs of these houses to experience the full potential. Um, sometimes certain runs are much better than the others. So sometimes, you know, there's people that only get to experience the event one night and that could affect what they think of the houses because you know they could go through the house and have a bad run where no, nobody scares them because the people in front of them get scared instead of them so it's always important to do these houses more than once i think that's what happened with us on our first night it always happened before yeah. or after us yeah but anyway the weekend was was damn good i wouldn't mind a sequel house to this I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, the weekend was a blast. Absolute blast. It's not expecting it. And, and now I really, I really hate the fact that Billie Eilish never got to have a house. Cause I, I can't yeah. imagine what that would have been like. Like it, it would have been so good. I bet. I bet you would have been insane, but to all the people that were just hating on the weekend saying, oh, that's just one less house for me to do, or I can't believe he's coming to the event. 
this is what the event's becoming. Oh my God. Like, come on, give it a chance first. Like I haven't heard a single thing from those people. I think <laughs> this house has had nothing but good reviews ever since it opened. So it's, it's just insane. I'm really happy that uh, that house was there this year. All right. Final house. Final house. Um, so it's the old parade building where uh, Trick or Treat was, where Ash vs. Evil Dead was, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. So this was this year was Universal Monsters Legends Collide. Um, this involved the Mummy, the Wolfman, and Dracula. But uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, really, to me, this house was more of a mummy house for the most part because it took place in the mummy's tomb. So it felt like you're walking through this Egyptian pyramid, just in that kind of setting. It, it was beautifully done. I, I really loved the sets of this house. I, I think they were beautifully done. Uh, the facade, as soon as you walk into the house, was amazing. You see the giant, you see the giant Egyptian statue. I think it was Anubis. Yeah, it was definitely Anubis. But it, it, you walk in and it's like a, a an Egyptian dig site. So you're walking into the dig site, and I guess you you are walking into the tomb that they discovered. But basically this house is about the mummy having this amulet in, in its chest. And the amulet is something that the Wolfman and Dracula are out to get because it allows them to um, be out in the daylight is what this amulet does. Because Dracula can be out during the day and the Wolfman also becomes a wolf at night. So I think this amulet kind of helps, helps both of them. Yeah. To where Dracula can be out during the day and the Wolfman doesn't turn into a werewolf, basically. Um, okay. It's a battle of all these monsters. Uh, who's going to get the amulet at war? Will the mummy kill them off? So what was really fun about this house was every night there was a different winner. Um, we did experience something like that last year with um, HHN icons. But with HHN icons, it was every set so every 45 minutes, there was a different winner at the end of the house. This house, it was a different winner every night. One winner a night. Unfortunately, we didn't get to experience the Wolfman uh, winning. Because uh, one night, we didn't get to do this house. And that was the, the night that um, uh, the Wolfman won, unfortunately. The ending was really cool. I think the scare actors were going nuts in this house. Absolutely crazy. They were just firing at, at all cylinders. I, I probably got the most scares of any house in this house this year. There's this one scene where literally the legends collide. It's it's basically the fight scene. So you walk into this room. Dracula comes shooting in front of you on a bungee. So he flies right in your face, basically. I, I was not expecting to see Dracula coming at, at me, first of all. And then all of a sudden, I see the mummy... And the Wolfman come from the other sides. And that was a fantastic scare. The first time that happened, I wasn't expecting it. And it got me good because first I saw Dracula coming out of me. And then the other two just come. And at the same time, they were trying to like to attack each other, which made it a lot of fun. Like they were reaching in front of us. Yeah. Like we had to stop for just a second so we didn't run into them. This is another great example of how much difference it is between last year and this year. I mean, they are getting in your face. There was another part of this house 
where uh, I believe uh, the mummy had popped out on the side of me and and I, I, I think it got me. So I'm looking back at the mummy as I'm walking by. May, I'm possibly like telling you, like, oh my God, that got me. And then I turn around and there is a wolf man. <laughs> it, it felt like an inch from my face. Like he didn't hit his trigger or anything. He didn't hit the sound effect. He was just in front of me waiting for me to see him. And it scared the <laughs> hell out of me. As soon as I turned around, he was right in my face. That also happened with the mirror scene and Dracula. Remember, you saw him down in the hallway yeah. in the mirror, turned around, and he was right there. Yeah, so there was a cool mirror, mirror effect where in front of you, you see Dracula pop out around a corner. You're like, oh, he's way down there. Cool. Turn, or you turn, literally turn the uh, around, turn the corner, and he's right beside you, basically. <laughs> they got good timing. Such a great house. The, the, that's the thing. Their timing was fantastic. Like, like I said, they were just firing on all cylinders. Like they were going nuts. There was certain runs of that house where I got so many scares. They were just one after another after another. Man, it was it was it was so good, so so good. But at the end of the house, there was always a winner, uh, and it was cool because there was uh, sections of the wall where they would close up. So on certain nights, there was only one section of a wall that was open and it had like the body of one of the monsters, right? And mm -hmm. then you turn the corner and there's a live scare actor. Whoever the winner was, was holding the head of the other monster. So it was like, let's say the, the mummy was, uh, there was a dead corpse of the mummy in the wall. So you would see Dracula holding the wolfman, the wolfman's head. <laughs> or sometimes you would see uh, Dracula staked in the wall. And then you would turn around and see the mummy holding or the wolfman holding the mummy's head or something like that. It was cool to uh, to always see a different ending, I guess. Who who won, you know? Yeah. All right. Those are the HHN 31 houses. Such a freaking blast. Now, um, it is time to reveal what our, what our rankings are. Now, to be fair, I enjoyed every single one of these houses. There's obviously some houses that were not as good. But they were still fun houses, and I'm glad they were there at the event. But um, we have to put them somewhere. Do you want? Do you want to start, or should I start? I can start. Okay. I don't even have to look at my paper. Yeah. Number ten is Spirits of the Coven. That is also my number ten. This was my number three on my hype list. This was your number one. The fact that it dropped this low, I mean, man, it. It was it was definitely the the biggest disappointment of the year. Like I said, it just I think it just wasn't what we expected for the most part. But it just felt like it was missing something. The execution should have been a little better. My number nine is Fiesta de Chupacabras. Whoa! <laughs> I don't like this. Wow. Okay. 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 I mean, okay. I like the house. I just like the other ones better. My number nine is Hellblock Core. So uh, this this house, yeah, it was it was the house that was made last minute. It was good for what it was. It wasn't as good as all the other houses below this. So I had to put it at number nine. Hellblock Core is my number eight. Okay, okay. After number nine, it was super hard for me to rank these houses. It really was. These houses were very good. 
Absolutely. Like I said, it wasn't my favorite year. My favorite years were 27 and 28, but um, this is by far better than 30 to me. Um, but my number eight was Descendants of Destruction. Uh, it was a good house. It just didn't hit as well as I thought it would. But again, the sets were cool. The characters were cool. And it was just hard to rank these houses, guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but this is where I had to have it. Descendants of Destruction was number eight for me. Fun house. Loved it. But it's in my number eight. You're not going to like this one. My number seven is Blumhouse. Okay. That's fair. That's a fair place. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Number seven. It's not terrible. My number seven was Fiesta de Chupacabras. So it really not far behind you. Just a couple of points down. The actual Chupacabra itself probably brought the points down a little bit. It was a good house, though. Number nine. That's a little rough, I think. But opinion's an opinion. You can, you're entitled to it. So I guess whatever. Your opinion's wrong. Um, <laughs> I love you too, man. <laughs> My number six is Bugs. That is also my number six. My number six is Bugs Eating Alive. Um, yeah, I think it was a good spot to put it. It was a goofy house. It was creepy crawly in some places. Wasn't the best, though, so I put it at number six. I had Bugs at number four on my hype list. Descendants of Destruction was number five. Fiesta de Chupacabra was number two on my hype list. So, yeah, these, these definitely dropped. Uh, uh Descendants. Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. But Bugs was number five, and Fiesta was number four on my hype list. Yeah. But my number five is Descendants of Destruction. Okay. And it was number nine on my hype list. So, so what? So, is there anything you want to say about that? Like, why? Why was that such a a good house for you? I think it's just because how they use the space that they were given and they use the mirrors effect to make it seem like it was like the train was longer yeah. and actually going through the train cart itself and getting that scare right when you walked in and the guy was like camouflaged. Mm -hmm. That's what we didn't talk about in Halloween. The chick that blended into the wall. That was the weekend. That was the weekend. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's a good point. Uh, in the weekend, there was a scare that got the hell out of me. As the background, like like a morph suit type of thing, dressed as the wall, where oh, cool. it it completely blended in with the wall, and I did not see it. I walked into that room, it jumped out, and it scared the hell out of me. Back to what I was saying. Yes. So with Descendants of Destruction, right when you walk into the train car, mm -hmm. uh, you get that scare. That guy is like dressed in the camouflage to blend in with the scenery. You walk down, you get another scare mm -hmm. that you never see coming. It was a great house. I mean, I, there was so many cool things. It just, I just had to put it there. I had to put it in that, in that spot. My number five was the Horrors of Blumhouse. I really enjoyed the heck out of that house. I I couldn't wait to go into that house every night. It was it was so fun, especially with uh, my mom and her boyfriend. They made it even more fun because they hated the black phone section. 
because they they thought it was terrifying. My number four is Dead Man's Pier. Okay. Okay. Hey, at least you didn't put it past five. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can I can deal with that. My number four is Universal Monsters Legends Collide. Fun house. They went freaking crazy in that house. Great sets. It's my number four. My number three is Monsters. Okay, cool. My number three is Halloween. Michael Myers. My number two is The Weeknd. <laughs> Whoa, okay, okay. Number two is The Weeknd, huh? Okay, okay. So. And it was number two on my hype list. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I keep thinking you put that at number one. Hey, that the weekend deserves deserves the spot. Um, ready for my number two? My number two is Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake, making my number one favorite house this year. The weekend. The weekend was number eight on my hype list. It went to number one. I really thought Dead Man's Pier was going to be number two, and it was hard for me to decide which one because they're both amazing houses in their own way. Even Halloween, those three were really hard to pick where I was going to put them. Dead Man's Pier was just beautiful. The sets were amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. All the effects were amazing. Even the, the makeup and costumes were incredible. The scares, though, it wasn't scary. I didn't get a whole lot of scares in the house. It was just beautiful and amazing to walk through. You know, that's what made me put it at number two. The weekend was an absolute blast. Like it was, it was just a party in a house with gore, with scares and all the scares were executed so well. So weekend, weekend goes to my number one spot. Halloween has my number one spot. That's I I can't argue with that. It is it is a great house. It and it really shows that this year the IPs were very strong. Usually all the original houses are like the top of my list. I always love the originals. For whatever reason, this year the originals made it toward the bottom of my list versus the IPs were were pretty high up for me this year. The IPs were pretty killer. No pun intended. <laughs> what do you think about that, James? The weekend ended up being the uh, goat. It's a major, not upset, but yeah, very unexpected. Shocker. I mean, that was going to be a toss up <laughs> for me because I had it at the bottom. But I mean, like I said, it could have been a surprise. And I guess it I guess it was. Dude, I, I'm not even a, a, a fan of the weekend, really. Like <laughs> Blinding Lights is an OK song. My favorite song by him is In Your Eyes. Like that's that's a good song. But beside that, I mean, Save Your Tears is an OK song. After that, I don't really know anything about The Weeknd. And I loved this house. It just really shows what Universal can do. And it, I think it really shut up the people that were just like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that house. I'll just skip it every night. Whatever. You do you, Buttercup. <laughs> yeah, go do you. <laughs> you do you, we do us. Go do yourself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's kind of like me and the mummy. I, I love that ride so much, and I'm not even a, 
into the movies similarly. I I did not know that. The mummies are classics no. to me. I never grew you up know, with them. You look like you're offended. Like I watched them <laughs> so much as a kid. I love them. They're they're like they're goofy as hell. But man, I love those movies. I'm more Not of an Encino Man and George of the Jungle guy. I mean, you got to agree with me, though. They're they're better than the Tom Cruise one, right? I mean, I don't even have to see them to agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't you haven't seen them at all? I've seen them in parts, and uh, I got them both now. I got one and two. Is there like, is there more? There's a third. There's a third one that wasn't good. It took place in Asia. You know, I don't think I realized the Scorpion King was a spinoff because he's on the, I think the sequel cover, you know, the rock. Yeah. He's, he's in part, he's in part two. Scorpion King was in part two. That was the rock's it, first acting gig. Isn't there a movie, the Scorpion King, right? Like he has, yeah, a- that came out after the Scorpion King was also the worst CGI effects in any movie ever made <laughs> in the mummy Returns. Absolutely. It was like place. It was like PlayStation two graphics. Yeah. That one's pretty infamous. Scorpion King. All right. Um, we had an absolute blast at HHN 31. It's always so depressing for me when we have to leave and go home. I cried. That's true. You did cry. It's just, it's something that I look forward to all year. I think you look forward to all year. Absolutely. And I mean, that's why. That's why we uh, started this podcast, HHN Obsession. I mean, we really are constantly thinking about this thing all year. We love going to it. It it was a great year. It was great to be back. Great to see HHN in full swing again. Uh, This is the second year that we've, you know, bit the bullet and bought an Express for every night. We got the Frequent Fear Plus with Express, $1,200 between the both of us. But absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. it. It makes the experience so much better because you don't have to wait in those horrible lines. We never waited longer than 20 minutes. And there was some nights, Saturday was the worst for sure. There was nights where Blumhouse was like a 150 minute wait. Weekend was 120. Like we wouldn't be able to do anything. And we literally didn't wait longer than 20 minutes for for those. And I even saw people complaining that that the express pass like some of the express lines were taking way too long. 20 minutes compared to 150, I think I'm good with that. I am totally <laughs> fine with that. It it was absolutely worth it and it made our experience much better where we could enjoy more stuff, take more breaks. Our feet hurt every freaking night. And if anybody has any suggestions of how to uh, go about the event <laughs> um, wearing better shoes or you're just... Achilles. Go- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, rolling yeah, less, around the event. walking. So the thing with us is we like to do the park during the day. So we literally do all day long and all night long. So our feet are killing us. Yours. Yours. Well, your feet hurt too sometimes. But your feet were falling apart last last year. This year I had to give you band-aids and stuff. Actually weren't hurting. Yeah, I bought her ten dollar Walmart shoes and those were fine for her this time. Like she wore those at the event and she was okay. 
Oh, nice. I have these. Ex- I have th- these expensive running shoes. Um, they're Brooks, and man, they do not work. If anybody has any suggestions of what type of shoes to wear, any kind of insoles to wear, let us know. I need it. Another thing that doesn't help me is I'm flat-footed. I have no arch in my foot, and that really affects really affects the pain in my feet. Um, there were certain nights where I was just hurting so bad. Thankfully, my mom brought ibuprofen, and that actually helped me a lot. So I'm going to start bringing that. It helped me so much. Big difference. Well, I'm just, uh, but, um, what? You can start the year barefoot, build up those calluses, get ready. I don't think it's that, though. It's just... It's just walking around so much. I don't think it's the fact that I don't have any calluses. No, but if you go barefoot, just like cold turkey and no shoes for the whole year, maybe. Oh, you yeah. Know, we'll maybe, yeah. Take uh... on some natural shoes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that concludes our HHN 31 discussion and review. Uh, we had a blast talking about it all, and I hope you did too. That was fun, right? absolutely a yes. blast a lot of surprises yeah uh i uh i was i was surprised by by a lot of the stuff and uh, i knew you would be surprised at some of our uh some of our reviews of the event i just want to say thank you for joining us again this time i know there wasn't a lot to talk about but uh i'm glad you uh stuck around and kind of listened um, i like the food <laughs> the food options you liked hearing about that huh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We look forward to continuing to have you on the podcast. We might do a um a flashback episode about our first year. Might talk about that a little bit. We could do an episode on that for HHN twenty seven. Um awesome. beside that, um probably the next stuff main things that we're gonna be doing is when announcements start coming in. Or when Horror Night Nightmares, a website that creates speculation maps, releases their map. They usually release it pretty early in the year, February, March maybe. Um, And they're usually pretty accurate. Um, uh, They're pretty spot on. Of course, uh, they release multiple maps that are updated once more information comes in. But um, they have a lot of insight. And uh, it's... uh, just good it's just fun stuff to talk about and to speculate on whenever those release so we'll definitely have episodes on that everybody thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode please like our podcast subscribe to it whatever you want to call it um stay with us listen to future episodes this is our first year doing this um we haven't really done a whole lot we're just kind of getting the feel of it um and we hope we continue to get better build on the podcast we hope people just continue to listen and follow along we hope to build that audience up so thank you again and um we'll see you all next time bye bye later Hey everyone, just wanted to give a quick shout out to my good friend Zach Weber, who provided our intro and outro song, 
Heebie-Jeebies. You can listen to the full version of Heebie-Jeebies on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or anywhere where you listen to your favorite music. Thanks for listening.